Hi guys, welcome to the Second Wife Life podcast. This is Melissa. And I'm Shay. And we are college best friends who are living 3,000 miles away, but we share a very similar story. So join us in our journey as first-time wives, automatic mamas, and navigating through this beautiful life. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we have a fun episode for you. It's going to be meeting the biological parents for the first time. I know a few people have already reached out to us about this story and we are finally getting to it. We wanted to hold off a little bit because this is a big topic. It's a big subject and it's scary and intimidating. Yeah, definitely. Welcome back, guys. Um, as Shay had mentioned, uh, we, we've been getting some some messages from people just curious as to how it went. Um, people who are in situations similar to us where they have yet to meet the biological parent, um, others who have met and it either went great or it didn't go great. Um, so we've been getting a lot of feedback about sharing our experience with it. So that's what we're going to do for you guys today. Yeah, so... Uh... Do you want to go first, Melissa? Tell your side. Yeah, sure. Um, I can go first. Mine's pretty quick and simple. Um, so since Colby has full custody and we live in Hawaii, um, it took about man almost two years into our relationship for me to meet O's biological mom. Um, she lives on the mainland, so there was going to be travel involved um, and. Uh, a fair amount of coordination as well. It had to be something that, you know, Colby was ready for, for me to do to meet her and, and go through all that. Um, and I can get into that a little bit later as to why, but, um, yeah. So our first meeting was when we went back to the mainland, um, for a vacation. And like I said, it was almost two years into our relationship. Um, we decided to go to Legoland together um, to just, you know, make it a really like fun day for, oh, we didn't want there to be any pressure on him. We didn't really even want him to like fully understand like what was happening or piece together. Um, it was really important for Colby and I to do it in like a public place. And we didn't want it to be like at a lunch or a dinner or a breakfast. We didn't want it to be this like formal sit down event you know that just would have been awkward for everybody all around especially for O. um we wanted to again make it a really like fun positive experience and we thought legoland was the perfect place to do that he had never been so he was going to be excited to be there he was going to be excited to see his biological mom he was going to be excited because colby and i were there with him also um so overall, it was like a good, I guess you could say like family, family day. Um, her, her boyfriend at the time was there as well too. Um, so yeah, it balanced out really well. And it was a long day only because it's a Legoland. Um, so going to any theme park is just tiring and exhausting. But for us, it definitely served its purpose for our introductions because right when we met, like we were able to just take off and go, you know, it was okay. Oh, what ride do you want to go on? Okay. Oh, what do you want to go do now? Um, actually before we even got to Legoland, we met up at in and out by Legoland, um, to grab some food real quick because I was obsessed with in and out. So we stopped there and that's where her and I had like our first introduction of like, hi, I'm so-and-so. Hi, I'm Melissa. Nice to meet you. And we grabbed our food and then went up to Legoland and just 
enjoyed the day the best that we could. Um, for me, it was really important since we do have full custody of O that he had this time to spend with her. So Colby and I took the back seat and honestly, we didn't interact much at all. You know, we, we talked a little bit, but the day was about him seeing his biological mom again. Um, so again, we, ju we just, you know, stayed, stayed back. We all stayed together in a group for the whole day. Um, but we just let, oh, really dictate the day and share what he wanted to share with whoever and, and plan the day. So overall, like the first day was very seamless, easy. And yeah, I didn't see her again until almost a year later. So well, it works on our side, you know, full custody and being, you know, 3000 miles apart as well. <laughs> totally. You have that separation and it's, I mean, both our stories and I'll get into mine a little bit is similar in the sense that we both had our meetings in public places and in like group settings, but yours, it's like, you're in a public place, but at a fun place, but and it's an all day thing. So it's not like you're just meeting her for a couple hours at like my situation, a birthday party. Yours was, you're stuck with her all day. So this could go you know, one of two ways. <laughs> right. And like, you know, for her also, or for, you know, E's biological mom, like, you know, not only is it nerve wracking for us, but like nerve wracking for them too, like to meet, meet this new person who's in like their child's life, you know? Yeah. Um, so we figured the best way to go about it was to just make it as fun and light as possible and all the distractions around as well of a theme park. Totally. And I feel like too, as women, I feel like it's harder on us than it may be for the boys, just cause like as women, we can be very jealous. We can be very defensive. Like we can be very judgy, just like that's who we are as women in nature. So whether you're the bio mom or you're like the girlfriend coming in to meet the bio mom, like there's going to be like nervousness and all kinds of emotions flowing on both ends, especially as a bio mom, like you're going to be want to be protective of who this other woman is because now you're not the only woman in this child's life. So it's hard on both ends. You're both going to feel emotions no matter what. And like I said, like there's always that jealousy. Like I know for me and Melissa, I think you can relay is like, especially coming in as a second wife, there was that jealous of like, well, you are his first wife. Like he's already done this marriage thing with you. And now, and I've never been married. Like, like, I don't know if you can relate to, I think you can, but yeah. Yeah. And it, honestly, for me, I think it got to, and yeah, I think it got to Colby more than it ever got to me. Um, because it, it, I'm trying to remember like my feelings back then, but this was almost three years ago. Um, oh no, sorry. It was, when did we, yeah, almost three years ago already. It's crazy. Um, yeah. like I'm, I'm trying to remember back then, but at the time, I think it got to him more than it got to me because I'm someone new in his life. And here he is like forced to share this part of his life with me. And not only through his like stories and experience, but also like meeting someone in the flesh like that, that completely changes it. So I know for him, it was harder. I think he was worried more about, um, how I was going to, to be not in like a behavioral way, but just how I was like emotionally going to process, like coming face to face with, you know, O's biological mom and, and his ex-wife. Um, but for me, I wasn't really even thinking about that. 
you know, I, I was honestly stoked to go to Legoland. Um, I was nervous, you know, just because you almost have these like preconceived notions a little bit from, from everything that transpired, but you want to do your best to just like remain completely like objective and you're there to be in the moment. And that's why I think for us, and I'm sure you guys can speak to it too, like being in a social setting where where you're out and there's a lot of other distractions and things to engage with, like you're able to distract yourself from, from what's actually happening. Um, and there isn't so much stress and pressure put on it. You're, you're able to disconnect a little bit and, and that worked out really well for us. And yeah, I'm not trying to diminish anyone who's feeling nervous. Like I definitely was nervous, um, I just knew it was something that we had to do. And if we're going to do it, try to make it the best day we can. And that was like a land. No, totally. I agree with everything you just said. And, and like you said, like you, you're going into this situation of meeting the bio parent for the first time. And yes, it's nerve wracking. It's intimidating. But like you said, you're going in with these preconceived notions based on what your partner has told you. So you're, you're hearing everything obviously one-sided, Um, and so you try and put everything that you know about this person out the window because, you know, this is, you don't want to judge a book by its cover, basically, even though a lot of us do, let's be real, (laughs) you know, but when you go into this first meeting, you kind of have to push everything out and just focus on that moment and just kind of be present into that moment as much as you can, regardless of all the emotions you're feeling, because you're going to feel a lot of emotions for sure. For sure. And that's such a good point that you brought up about, you know, trying to push aside anything you may know about what happened before, because you want to formulate your own judgments. You want to formulate your own experience. I'm not using judgment in like a bad way. Like you can judge someone on how that they're so nice, you know, like that, that's also a judgment. Um, You want to push these things that you know aside so that way you can take in the moment and take in this meeting experience for what it really is and maybe some of the things that you know will be confirmed in your interactions with this person maybe they will not be confirmed you know but when you are face to face in this type of situation you need to do your best like I said to remain objective and um just try to push aside anything that you, that you have heard. So you can really base it off of like face value, like look at how they're interacting together, you know, with their, with their biological child and how the children are interacting with their biological parent, you know, and that's where you can slowly like start to piece together a little bit of like who this person may be. Um, And again, either that can help like confirm what you've heard or deny some of the things that you've heard, you know, and that's something that we definitely can, can go into, um, later, you know, just like with our experiences, but yeah. What was, what was your story, Shay? How'd you guys all meet? Yeah. So I remember being super nervous, like you said, and I kind of mentioned as well, but I remember too, before I had officially met Ease bio mom, I remember like hearing, like she would call and say hi to E when we were like in the car driving somewhere or like when we were together and she would just call to say hi on our days. And I remember the first time, like E kind of said I was present. It made me like my heart just sank. Like we were driving to dinner and he's like, Oh, we're in the car going to dinner with Shay. And she's like, Oh, okay. And she's on Bluetooth. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, like it's one thing to like 
when you know she knows about you based on, cause you know, like that child goes home and talks about who they hung out with. But then it was like in the flesh, like hearing, like you're presenting me to your bio mom. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like I was freaking out inside. It's a and- scary feeling. Like it, like there's no way to describe it. You, it literally just feels like your stomach is dropping on a roller coaster because you're like, oh no, does she know about me yet? Does she not know? Well, oh shoot. You know, like they just outed me. <laughs> totally. That's exactly what it felt like. And I know she knew she was on speaker because you know how you can tell when someone's in the car driving. Yeah. So I know she knew like I could hear and I was like just thinking in my chair, like, like waiting for any kind of response, you know, but, uh, the first actual meeting though, was, uh, she had thrown a birthday party for E it was his fourth birthday and she did a bowling party and E kept talking about it and was saying like, daddy, are you coming? Like Shay, you need to come too." blah, blah. Cause she had already like texted Dave about it. And he kept inviting me and I'm pretty, I'm trying to remember because I was actually talking about this with Dave before we did the podcast. Um, I think she invited me through Dave as well in that text because he kept bringing up that he wanted me to come when we were together. So I'm sure he said something to her. So I'm pretty sure that she texted Dave the information about the party and was saying like, Shay can come too. Um, And so it came time for the party. It was that weekend. It was at a bowling alley. We pull up. And we walk in. I'll never forget this moment because I was actually dying inside. Like I was laughing because it actually kind of helped the nerves because I was like shaking walking into this bowling alley. And we walk in and they happen to be like when you walk in and we turn to the right and they happen to be in the last like three lanes um, next at the end of the building. And so he sees us walk in and like just screams. He's like, daddy. And he starts like running towards us. And Dave bends down to like grab him and do like a big hug. And E runs right past Dave and right into me. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, it helped me. It made me calm down a little bit. But then I started like getting in my head, like, oh crap, like she's watching. Like her mom is here too. Her aunt is here too. Like her boyfriend's there, like all their friends, like everyone's seeing this. I'm like, this could go like, all right, this can go either way. Like they're going to love that he came right to me. Or they're going to hate it. Like, it's one or the other. But it actually made me kind of calm down a little bit, knowing that he was so excited to see me. And so he, like, held both of our hands, and we're walking down. And Dave introduced me, said hi. And then um, he introduced me to her mom, which we actually have in a really great relationship with her now. And I'm very thankful for her. But um, so, and then we saw all their friends and everything, said hi, whatever. And then most of the day, like he would kind of hang with us and then go hang with the friends that were invited. He'd like bounce around. And I do remember at one point, Dave, I think, went to the bathroom with E. So I was kind of by myself. And obviously, I don't know anyone. And she came right up to me and she's like, so how'd you meet Dave? And I was like, oh, crap. Okay, (laughs) this is how we're doing this, (laughs) you know? So I'm trying to be like as nice as possible. And I just tell her the story and she's like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. Like, so what do you do? Like getting to know me, which I knew was going to happen eventually. Like, obviously it's the mom of this child. Like she's going to grill me, you know? And then luckily not much longer, Dave and E came back and that was the end of it. But um, yeah, that it was nerve wracking. It was scary. <laughs> yeah. 
it's I know we're laughing now and we're saying that like oh it wasn't like too bad you were just like nervous and it was nerve-wracking you know but like Shay when you were just saying that you were like shaking like you were so nervous like that's going to happen. Like I had that feeling, like as we pulled into the internet in and out parking lot, I like showed Colby my hand and my hand was like trembling. And he was like, why are you nervous? Like, it's nothing to be nervous about. And, and it kind of is, you know, like yeah. you want to make sure that you get along. And we all have these ideas in our head, you know, like, oh, it would be so great if we can like all co-parent together and we can like do family things together. You know, the, the two separate parents, you know, with their new significant others and the child, you know, like that's everybody's goal. And like, we all hope that that we're able to do that. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm definitely speaking for you on this, Shay, because we've talked about like, that's what we were hoping going into this, you know, like you want to have a positive first impression with each other, like them, a positive first impression of us and us a positive first impression of them. So we can hopefully like work toward having this like great relationship together, you know, share things about the boys, talk to them, um, you know, with us in the full custody thing. Like I thought it would be great to be able to have a relationship with her to, you know, fill her in on what's going on. And, um, you know, with Colby being military, like, and whenever he has to do his like training deployments, you know, so her, her and I can have that relationship. Um, and for some people like that works out and it's so great from what I've noticed, you either have it and it's like the best relationship or you don't have one at all. Yeah. It, one or the other and they are on very opposite ends of the spectrum. There is no middle of like, oh, we kind of have a relationship like it's no. one or the other. Like yeah. there is no middle ground. And you're absolutely right. Like, like going into meeting the bio part, bio parent. Yes. That is like your ultimate goal is to get along with this person, have a great relationship for the sake of the child, because the child at the end of the day deserves that. However, Melissa is very right. There are a lot of situations that don't have that. And that's unfortunate. And I think Melissa and I are both on that side, we don't have great relationships with the bio moms. However, we are civil and we make it civil enough for the child where the child doesn't know that things happen behind the scenes. And that's okay too. You know, like for me, I tried as hard as I could to have, you know, a a decent relationship with the bio mom. And unfortunately an incident happened and we just don't have that. And I realized that it's just not going to work. Um, and that's okay because not everyone's made to be friends. Not everyone is made to enjoy each other companies and that's okay. You know, we all have those people that we just don't prefer to hang out with. And unfortunately that's this situation, you know, but when it comes time for us being civil, we will all be civil and we will co-parent when we need to co-parent from, but for the most part, it's us over here and them over there. Yeah. Um, we, we have it similar too. you know, I, like I've been saying, like you go in with these expectations and at some point you have to realize like they might be unrealistic and that's okay. Like don't beat yourself up if you don't see yourself having a relationship with the biological parent. Um, and it's also something you talk to your partner about, like your partner might not want you involved in that way. Um, I know for, us in our situation um Colby 
Colby doesn't really want me to have any any sort of relationship with um, O's biological mom um, for, for a multitude of reasons, but the biggest one is that he wants to keep our lives separately. Like she is his biological mom and his ex-wife. Therefore, it is his responsibility to be the one maintaining any sort of relationship solely for O, you yes. know, like yeah. he isn't maintaining a friendship with her. He isn't maintaining their, his civilness with her for his benefit. He is maintaining it solely for O. And that's why he wants to keep us separate. You know, we have our life. Colby has his new life where it's me, him and O and we're doing our thing. I don't need to then get sucked in and not, not like rehash the past, but, you know, live in a relationship with someone in his past. Yes. Um, because that's not the relationship that him and her have either. Yeah. Um, there are some exes who get along so well because they recognize, you know, we just weren't meant to be together, but we can still be really good friends and we can, we can do this, yes. you know, and, and Colby and his ex do not have that. Like I said, his relationship with her is solely for O's communication with her outside of that. Like they don't talk whatsoever. Um, but and I, and I like see and like respect that that's Colby's boundary. There was a time where where she was reaching out to me um, over social media and we were talking a little bit, but I could tell that that made Colby uncomfortable because he, Colby is really big with his responsibilities and his past decisions. He doesn't want any of that like affecting me and us having this life together. Like there are certain things that affect me enough you know, where he doesn't want that to be one extra thing. He doesn't want me to have to have a relationship with O's biological mom. Um, he wants to keep those entities very separate. And I respect that. And honestly, that's what's worked best for us because I have never felt any sort of pressure to have a relationship with her, except for like what I put on myself. Cause like I mentioned, we want to like live in this ideal of, yeah, we can all do this together and we can do family things, but you know, that's not the reality for us. And honestly, the people who have made that work, like that is so great for you guys, you know, like that is absolutely amazing, but it's also okay to not have any sort of relationship. And it just depends on what your partner prefers. Like how much do they want their ex still active in their life? Totally. And I think, I mean, Dave is very similar with Colby in that way too, but I think for you guys, it's so different because of the fact that you do have sole custody of O. So there really is no reason at the end of the day for you to communicate with her. Unlike right. we're 50, 50. So there are times where I had to communicate with her and sometimes that I still have to communicate with her. And for us, it was the same thing with, with Dave kind of like Colby where Dave never pushed for her and I to have a relationship. Her and I ended up kind of developing one on our own, um, especially going to like sports things. And sometimes like Dave wasn't answering his phone. So she tried to get a hold of me, you know, things like that. And then, like I said earlier, an incident happened and I realized like this relationship just, there isn't going to be one, unfortunately. And Dave never, like I said, Dave never pressured me to have one and he never pressured me to not have one. And after that incident, he kind of realized, okay, well, I'll step up more and be more the communicator when I need to be. And that's been working ever since. And that's what it will be. And like I said, her and I still communicate when we need to, but that's like when we need to. 
Um, other than that, Dave and her communicate and just like what you said, it's, it, that's okay. Like, and that's out of respect for me and Dave. And that's out of respect for you and Colby at the end of the day, you kind of have to figure out what's best for you and your relationship with your partner, not putting that relationship with the bio parent first. Cause at the end of the day, it's about you and your partner. It's not about the bio parent at all. So you got to figure out what's best for you guys and what boundaries do you need to put because you need to have a happy life together and not have this person interfering at times or stressing that relationship more than there already is having to co-parent, you know? Right. And I feel like in these situations, like the more people that are involved, like the worse it potentially could become, unless you're one of those few and far between people who have like made it work absolutely flawlessly. Um, but I think, you know, just with anything, the more people that tend to get involved in things, the worse it comes because it's, he said this, no, she said this, but then new girlfriend said this, but new boyfriend said this. And it just becomes this like dramatic circle that doesn't need to exist. Like the communication should exist. You know, if you can't have a relationship, um, should exist between, between the, the two exes really. And that communication should really only be about the child or the children. Um, there's no need for a relationship other than that. And so I think when, you know, Colby and Dave have worked so hard to just get their relationship with their exes, just, you know, after divorce and everything, like you go through a lot of emotions. So to finally like compartmentalize everything and decompress after it all to get to a point where you're just communicating about the boys and then to have, you know, new girlfriends come in who, who want to, you know, be the hero and make it a whole new family, like happy and, you know, have this functioning split family, you know, that just puts more pressure. And again, you just really need to be respectful of that boundary that, you know, the communication exists between them and them solely. And that's what protects our relationship. That's what protects your and Dave's relationship. And that's what protects your family that you've created with the three of you and the three of us at the end of the day. Totally. I agree. And I, I, I can't stress enough that we all go into that idealistic idea that yes, we will be friends. We will be one big happy family. It'll be great to do things together, but yes, you can have those hopes and realistics, but don't be too heartbroken when that's not the case, because I mean, don't quote me on statistics, but I feel like, you know, 90% of these situations aren't like that. You know, there are a few out there that do work great and they are all friends. And that is, fabulous. Like, again, that is everybody's goal. However, not everybody can be friends at the end of the day. So don't beat yourself up over it. If you're going into this situation thinking you have to be friends with the bio parent and you have to make it work for the child because you really, I mean, you make it work in this being civil, but don't think you have to force a relationship any kind. Right. Like you don't need to be friends and go out together or, you know, on, on drop off days, do these big elaborate, you know, ice cream dates together or it, like that would be super cool, but you know, like it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Um, and another point that I just thought of, like, just because you don't have a relationship or this kind of goes back to what I, what we were talking about with more people that get involved in this circle, the more, the more dramatic things can be. Um, if you are a new boyfriend, new girlfriend, and you're going through this process of like meeting one of the biological parents 
and you want to have this relationship and it's just not working and you know you guys do have contact with each other before engaging in any sort of like argument like just back off just stop be the bigger person and walk away because chances are they're going to say something that is going to get under your skin a thousand percent and as the new person in this relationship that's where you set your boundaries you know like your partner should set boundaries as well like Colby had done for me like look like I don't want you to have any contact with her like there is no need for it like that's what I'm here for he put up that boundary to protect our relationship and to protect our family um and you know they're going to say things that are going to get under your skin and like you just really need to be the bigger person and walk away leave it alone um there's no need for any of it um that would be honestly my biggest piece of advice because it happened to me, you know, and I just chose to ignore it. Um, I know Shay, it happened to you as well. Like, you know, you're just having a casual conversation about something and then, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a dig and prod in there and you know, you just, you, you have just to walk away. Yeah. You have to walk away. I think that's my biggest piece of advice, like respect the boundaries that your partner has set out um if they haven't set them and like made it obvious like talk to your partner like what do you expect from me when it comes to to dealing with your ex Um, but also set boundaries for yourself too don't just let your partner set the boundaries set some for yourself too because like melissa said there will be times where things will get under your skin even if it's not directed towards you but something happened between your partner and their ex and that drives you crazy you have to just learn to let it go. Like, trust me, there have been times where situations have happened where I get upset for Dave, where I want to protect him and I want to, you know, jump in there, but you have to just, you have to let it go. And I know it's hard. Trust me. It's hard. I'm still learning to walk away, but you have to set those boundaries for you from the beginning to order in order. So you can walk away and protect yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. That's, that's a really big one. Um, setting, setting those boundaries and knowing when to walk away, like be the bigger person in this, you know, like your, your partner has already gone through, you know, even if they weren't married before they still had a child with someone else and they went through a breakup or they did go through a divorce, you know, they don't need to relive more and more drama. Like they've had chances on more than half of it. They don't need partner to come in and, and, you know, continue to drag this through the mud. You know, they need you to be a support for them. You need to be the bigger person, walk away and essentially like be better than that. You know, like uh, you're in an adult situation, whether you are in your early twenties, your mid twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, even your sixties, like at any age, like just be the bigger person and walk away, take the high road because you will never regret taking the high road. You will regret engaging. You will regret, you know, having an argument or a tiff. Like, and honestly, like it's a waste of time. Like it really is. Yes. This person is important. You know, they, they are, you know, like, O's by a mom, like she gave birth to him, (laughs) you know, E's mom is important in his life. Like she's active in his life, you know, with the 50, 50, um, so yes, like these people are important to the boys, um, but, but you don't need to engage in it. 
No. So yeah, like the biological parent, like is an important person in your child's life. Um, but that doesn't mean they need to be like an important person in your life. You don't need to go out of your way to have this relationship. And if they say something, you don't need to be kissing their ass either. Just walk Mm -hmm. away, be the bigger person. Um, I know we keep saying that, but I can't stress that enough because like Shay, you mentioned there are times like I have those two where I just want to like take Colby's phone and like keyboard warrior the shit out of it. But like, I can't like that literally will solve nothing because you'll realize like, first of all, it's not your place. Uh, Second of all, that just is going to make things worse. And third of all, like it literally is not worth it. And it's so much more important for the boys or the boys I'm talking about are specifically, um, but for children in these situations to see no relationship than a forced and dramatic relationship. So keep that in mind too. Or an ugly relationship too. You don't want them to see that as well, but Yeah. And I think the other, like going off what you said, how, you know, there's times where you want to take their phones and respond for them. Like at the end of the day, they know this person better than you do. I mean, they were once married to them, you know, they may not be the same person that they once married, but they do know them. They know how they're going to respond. They know how they're going to act. They know what they're going to say. So they know what to say better than you will, even though you think what you would want to say is better at the end of the day. It's not, I have gone back and forth with, well, I would have said this and then the conversation would have been done. Yeah. That's what we think, but let's be real. Colby and Dave know how to handle it better than we do because they were once married to this person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So bite your tongue, find a friend to vent it to. And remember at the end of the day, like it's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility to have this relationship. Um, you have to have boundaries for your relationship. Your ex will have boundaries, or sorry, not your ex. Your partner will have boundaries for your, your relationship. And then at the end of the day, you need to have those boundaries for yourself as well and and figure out what, you, what you're going to um, tolerate or not. And don't feel bad about not having a relationship. Don't you feel know. bad. The kids Be benefit. Yeah, being civil is obviously very important. Yes. And Be the kids civil. Benefit- the kids benefit from seeing you guys civil every time than hearing about like constant drama or, Oh, I'm not going to go to the drop off today because he said something mean to me, you know, like no one benefits in those situations. So totally do what's like, like we've been saying, do what's going to be best for you. Do what's going to be best for your partner and do what's going to be best for you as a family. Don't um, let any outside influences come in and, and interfere with that is really what it comes down to at the end of the day. And don't be afraid to be nervous. <laughs> it's yeah. nerve wracking. Don't let, just let it, let the emotions flow. Don't try and, uh, and hide them for sure. Yeah. Um, if you guys have like any other questions about this topic specifically, um, feel free to message us on our Instagram or you can go ahead and send us an email. Um, and you know, next episode that we, we can record, we can touch on it, um, a little bit, but yeah, yeah send I, us an I, email second wife life podcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram second dot wife dot life and send us messages, which we've already been getting, such amazing messages and we can't thank you guys enough. We're glad we are making a difference for you guys and being relatable to you. We've received so many generous messages. It's, it's awesome to hear. We're glad you guys are loving this. Yeah, we're, we're loving it as much as you guys are. And again, if there, even if there's a topic that we haven't covered yet and you're not sure if we're going to cover it, like shoot us a message. Like we want, we want your insight. We want your information. Um, 
to, to help us curate these podcasts for what our listeners want to hear. Um, Even so- if we haven't experienced it ourselves, we'll try and uh, give as much advice as, as we can, but we probably have experienced it. We've gone through a lot. <laughs> yeah, we have. Or, you know, we also are going to be having some guests on periodically so if it isn't something that Shay or I are comfortable speaking to because we haven't like truly experienced it like I'm sure we have but if it's one of those one-offs where we haven't um I'm sure we have a guest in our pipeline that we can address it with who's who's had experience in that area specifically totally all right well let's go in let's end this with our mom wins and fails for the week shall we yes all right. Um, do you want me to start? Go for it. <laughs> I still haven't like thought of a fail. Um, let's see. A win from this week. Honestly, it's going to be really short. Um, I went back to school last week and I am just really proud and excited and happy that he enjoys going to school so much. Um, I think, you know, that comes from him and his curiosity, his love to learn. Um, but I also think that's because, you know, a little bit like we've done a solid job at home, amping him up for school, getting him excited, wanting you know, with him wanting to spend time there. Um, Because I know there are plenty of kids who don't like going to school for a various amount of reasons. But I love that he loves going to school so much. And yeah, I was super excited first time in 10 months to be able to send him off to school. So that felt really good. He was a little nervous um, the first day, but came home like so stoked. And, and that just like felt really good that he's happy at school. And, and he enjoys it. So that's my win. Totally. I think my, I think that's, that's, I think every kid or most kids, like you said, are excited to have that normalcy back there. You know, they're so used to routines. They, they need that routine to kind of flourish for sure. Mine's a little similar to your win as well. Like he, um, his cohort at school, there's only five of them in his little group and his teacher started um, challenging them more, which she told us back at the parent teacher conferences conferences at the beginning of the year. And, uh, they've continued to do that where they're already teaching his group like multiplication and getting ahead on that to start for next year. And, uh, his teacher wrote a letter saying that he's like getting them, you know, he's, she's so proud of him. He's understanding it. He's doing so good at it. And so that was fun. And we've been working with him here at home too. Like he gets excited about it. So we'll like test him and, you know, give him questions and stuff like that. So yeah, I think mine's somewhere in that sense as well, that he's excited and, and learning new things and thriving for sure. And then, the past couple of days I picked him up from school. Well, the only days I don't pick him up from school is Tuesdays. Um, his bio mom's mom picks him up, but we still pick him up every, every other day, basically, even on her days because of work schedule and everything, we still pick him up and then drop him off later. So Monday and Wednesday, when I went to pick him up, he just came like running out of the gate. Normally he like walks really slow with his little buddy, but Monday and Wednesday, since we hadn't seen him, in a couple of days, he came like running to me and gave me a big hug. So that always like made me feel good. And I know he's excited to see me. So I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> see, it's so great because you could literally have like a rough day with work or like errands or, you know, just one of those days. And then picking them up from school and like seeing how excited they are, you know, to to come home. But they're excited to come home to tell you about their good day. They're not excited to come home because they're like, I hate school. Like they're excited to share their good day with you. And, and that feels so good. It does. It totally does. 
But as far as fails go, I mean, the only thing I can think, I don't know if this is really like a mom fail or more of like a e-fail. We, uh, I kind of talked to you about this already, Melissa, as we were dealing with some like lying issues last week, which he never really like lies. And I just kind of like, I couldn't handle it. It was a struggle for me because there was one where he, um, we, we were playing with our dog Paisley and he went to throw a ball and I said, wait, stop. Let me get something out of her. Or first, well, let me backtrack. We were playing ball with Paisley. Paisley dropped the ball on the couch. And before he went to grab it, I said, wait, stop. There's something in her mouth. I want to get it. And then all of a sudden the ball goes flying. And I looked at him. I said, what did I just say? He goes, what? I go, what did I just say? He goes, I don't know. I said, I said, don't throw the ball. I want to get something out of her mouth. And he goes, I didn't throw the ball. Like, really? The ball just, you know, magically (laughs) flew in the air. Like, literally said that to him. And we have cameras in our house so that we could spy on the dogs when we are gone. And uh, I was like, I'll pull it up on the camera right now to see your little hand throw that ball. And I don't know. And then there was another lie he did. He did the next day, too, about some school stuff. But I just was like, it was because he never lies. He never used to lie. And so I, like, lost it on that second one. I, like, lost it. I, like, took things away. I was, like, over it. I just couldn't handle it. Maybe I jumped the gun on that too soon but that just like I don't know it just kind of got under my skin quickly so that would be my mom fail is maybe jumping the gun on the lying thing a little bit (laughs) yeah I mean that's happened to me I think you know they're at this age now where they're starting to experiment with different like uh like behaviors that they didn't exhibit before um so like similar we were talking about this uh, last night and today um last night well I'll backtrack as well. So typically um, we allow O to like read in his room with bedtime if he asks, you know, like we'll say our good nights, tuck him in, do all that. And sometimes he asks like, hey, is it okay if I read or is it lights out tonight? And on school nights, we say it's lights out, you know, cause it's bedtime, we need to go to bed and be ready for, for a good day the next day. And he's always complied with that. And, um, last night it was the same thing. He asked me, you know, is it lights out? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, I gave you the option. We can read before bed. Or if you wanted to watch some Captain Underpants, cause you haven't watched TV all day, like we can do that. He chose Captain Underpants. So when it was time for bed, he asked if it was lights out. And I said, yes. Well, I'm in my office working on a paper for school and I hear toys in his room, which is literally right next to my office. So I can hear it all. And I like give it a little bit and finally 20 minutes goes by. I'm like, all right, like what's going on in there? So I go look and I'm like, hey, what what you doing? And he's like, oh, uh, I just found a toy in my bed. And I'm like, oh, you just found a toy in your bed? And he's like, uh, yeah, just cause you know, during the day, I like put my toys on my bed, which like he totally does. Like during the day he wrecks his room, building his Legos, coming up with like his Nerf gun wars. Like, yeah, his room's a mess, but we always clean it up before we go to bed. Um, so I thought it was weird that there was a toy in his bed. I turn on his light and the kid has this, like we have this magnetic comic book for him to like create his own scenes and it's super cool. He has that in his lap in his bed. And I'm like, oh, this toy just like happened to be in your bed. And I hear it clanking like the magnets. That's what I was hearing for the last 20 minutes. Um, and yeah, I got really, I got really upset because, you know, 
why I said lights out, you know, lights out mean it's bedtime. So why are we sitting in here playing that we're going to have a rough day tomorrow? Cause we're staying up way past bedtime. Like what is happening here? Yeah. Um, and yeah, to your point, I just got like so frustrated when in hindsight, I should have just taken it and been like, all right, go to bed and then dealt with it today. The next day. Totally. Yeah. I think that's why I kind of about it, but I went on like a five minute rant of like, like I wasn't yelling or anything. I was just talking how I am, but for like five solid minutes about like how he needs to listen when I, when we say it's bedtime, like, I know you knew it was lights out because you asked me. Yeah. So I probably lost him after like 20 seconds anyway. Totally. No, I, that's why I said, I don't know if this is like, I guess it is a mom fail because you just kind of like it pushes you over the edge immediately. And sometimes you can't control it. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't yelling either, but I was stern. I was like, that's it. No iPad, no this, no that. Like, if you're going to keep doing, keep the lie going, you're going to keep losing things. And sometimes, you know, you, you get too frustrated. You just let it go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though they definitely stopped paying attention to us after like 10, 10, 20 seconds of us ranting, you know, um, so yeah, that would be my mom fail. They're, they're starting to, to get these like seven, eight year old, nine year old behaviors. And it's hard. It's like, you never used to do this. Why are you doing it now? Who taught you this at school? Because yeah. whoever it is, I don't want you hanging out with them. Like, that's not okay. Yeah, no, totally. And like you and I were talking earlier today too. Like, I feel like, I feel like seven is a hard age, you know, like you're, yeah. you're out of the like toddler well not toddler but you're out of the like baby-ish like five-year-old oh you're so cute you know age but then you're not quite like old enough to really like figure things out completely on your own like at age 10 or something so you're like kind of in the in-between and it's like where where do you baby when do you not baby you know what I mean like when do you be strict and just push and then when do you be like oh that's okay you like it's it's a hard age to figure out and as a parent too yeah. And they're like pushing those boundaries. They're experimenting with us, you know, just as we're experimenting with our uh, lectures and taking things away. <laughs> totally. Totally. I agree. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank that's- you so much for listening. Hopefully this episode was helpful for you guys. I know it's like a, a nerve wracking topic. Um, so I wanted to push it out to you guys. Um but yeah, have your feelings, feel nervous, but it'll be okay. And boundaries are going to be the most important through this whole process. Totally agree. Melissa said it perfectly. So thanks guys. And feel free to keep sending those messages. We love hearing them. Bye guys.